0: Hey, thanks so much for joining me. This is Katie Lady of All Things Detroit Red Wings. And this week I decided to try something new and have a guest here on the podcast. Um, I'm tired of talking just by myself into an abyss, so I figured somebody else could join the conversation. Um, Today we have a special guest from um, Sweden who's here to talk a little bit about um how we got into hockey and then also some of the rogala prospects that we have in our system as well as some tidbits on Maurice Cider um so I hope you enjoy this conversation and if you ever want to join in just let me know and I'm happy to, to have anybody on um we'll dive right into it
1: all right hello do I call you Katie
0: yeah Katie works just fine for me fair enough And you say, how do you say your name? I'm sure I'll put through it anyways.
1: In Swedish, it is Johan Kling. And in English, it is uh, Johan Kling, I suppose. Uh, our, Our J is like your Y, because our Y is always a vowel.
0: Gotcha, okay. That's interesting.
1: Yeah, we have four more vowels than you do in our alphabets.
0: Wow. Very neat. (laughs) Learning all kinds of stuff already.
1: Oh, yeah, fair enough.
0: Thanks for joining. Being the first guest, this is exciting.
1: (laughs) Thank you for having me.
0: Of course. So how did you get into hockey?
1: Well, (laughs) uh... Uh, I mean, the town where I'm from, Engelholm, is has always been uh, very big on hockey uh, because, uh, well, our hockey team uh, has always been the pride of the town, so to speak. And uh, although football, for some reason, is the national sports association football, what most of you call soccer, I suppose, uh, is the national sports, even though we're not very good at it. Uh, hockey is always something that has resonated me with me better. Uh, I tried playing hockey, but I was no good at, at skating. So uh, I was relegated to the stands instead, and I think I prefer it that way anyway. I'm very good at watching at hockey. Having opinions on hockey. Uh, a bit so-so, but watching, I'm very good at that part.
0: <laughs> we both. Yeah.
1: Uh, so I'm here in the ca- capacity of a uh, Rögle supporter. And uh, of course, it's important to note that I have a few biases uh, in favor of Rögle. Because I am a supporter, I'm not uh, unbiased in a- any way. And how I got into hockey... well, I- I fell out of it uh, after a while, um, Mm -hmm. after watching hockey, because uh, my brother kept playing. And I was a bit jealous that he actually had the perseverance to keep playing. And then uh, later on, I just fell back in love with uh, hockey because of the fast pace and, uh, of course, uh, the local pride. And I went to every home game for uh, two years. and. 99% of them over a 10 year period. So I saw a few games until my moving away and anxiety coincided. So I didn't want to be out among people anymore. But hey, there you go. I can watch a lot of games at home. So Mm -hmm. I get to be a supporter from a distance instead, even though I only live an hour away. But I try to see one or two games. in person every year, uh, and all the away games in Malmö, which is uh, 10 minutes away from Lund, where I'm living today, uh, all within the county of Skåne. Uh, Rögle was always my choice of a team, um, because both for the convenience of being closer, and uh, also I've always enjoyed their uh, historical connection, and uh, uh, their approach to sports, uh, which has changed uh, over the last few years, where we have approached a more commercial, um, well, approach. I'm not entirely a fan of that. I prefer the more, you know, sports rather than business side of things. But yeah. uh, times are changing, and uh, I can either. Jump aboard the train, or be left standing at the station. So, supporter first, uh, opinionated secondly.
0: Yeah. Very neat, and that—that's really cool about your brother that you got to play a little bit. I can't skate either, so so don't feel bad. I don't even have balance or coordination to even stand on ice. <laughs> Not good. Um yeah.
1: My my brother was actually very talented. Uh, It was just his lack of motivation that made him not uh, pursue the game anymore because, uh, like, when he actually wanted to, he was really good at it. Uh, Uh. But, yeah, well, he lost interest because uh, his coach kept telling him he had to stop fighting and stuff. So (laughs) I, I think his record for being thrown out of a game was 20 seconds.
0: Oh, wow. Well, kind of like Liam Dower-Nielsen and Red Savage. In our system, they get thrown out all the time in games. Not really for fighting, but more so for bad hits, usually.
1: Yeah. I I think in my brother's case, it was a very intentional spearing. But there you go.
0: Yeah, yeah. Gustave Nyquist got called for that and suspended for that once. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, it, in the heat of the moment, you know what happens. Yeah. And, and you've
1: started to accumulate um, the second generation of uh, Swedish bill in uh, Detroit as well.
0: Yes. Going back to the Swedish mafia, because, I mean, it worked once before. And I, I did listen to an interview with Maurice Seider um, on and Chicklets not too long ago. And he said... He thinks that the SHL is a better league than the AHL in a lot of ways, and I think so, too. I think it's at least tied for second in the world for hockey, I would imagine. Um, I think some KHL teams are, like, on the same level, if not maybe a little higher with the the amount of money they pour into them. But as a whole sure. league, I think the SHL uh, is superior for sure.
1: But but with the implosion of the KHL, uh, it's, of course, an unwritten card, given where are they today? Yeah. Like, uh, there are not going to be as many international players, so how will the league be competitive? I don't know. Yeah. Will an- anyone even cover the league anymore? I don't know. Right. I- I'm just going to pr- pretend like it doesn't exist. Yep. Like like many yep. of the Swedish journalism, except when a Swedish player signs. In the KHL, of course, which has just quite recently happened.
0: Oh no! I don't know who wants to go there right now, but
1: oh. Well, who wants to get those players when they leave the KHL later? That's what I want to find out.
0: That's true too. True.
1: Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, as for the comment about uh, the standards of the SHL, it is very mm-hmm. high. Uh, and, But it is also a very different league in terms of how defensive it is. Uh, it is quite well-structured and uh, purely offensive talent uh, runs into a lot of more problems than it does in other leagues because uh, people are more skilled defensively because they have to be and uh, that that's the way the league plays. And if you're not good defensively, you get punished. And... Uh, Every year in the CHL, the Champions Hockey League, not the Canadian Hockey League, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> Swedish teams have been um, won every year since its ex- inception, except once where a Finnish team okay. won. So, uh, the, the the SHL teams are absolutely competitive uh, as far as mm-hmm. Europe is concerned, uh, and of course the uh, different ring size to the. Uh, NHL and the defensive style of play makes not always for uh, a great conversion and uh, from old NHL veterans coming back to the the SHL or transatlantic players trying to wind down Mm -hmm. in the SHL are often in for a rude awakening so to speak. Mm -hmm.
0: That's what it seems like for sure Definitely a lot of structure and a lot more, it seems like a lot more skating just in general. It seems like they go so much further.
1: Yeah. Uh, There's a lot more surface uh, to cover in front of uh, the the net uh, sideways. And I think uh, historically that has been uh, a point of contention, like, uh, Swedish players have had to adjust to the North American ice for a while. But I think that is something that is, we're going to see a big change. And I think we already have, uh, especially the the most talented players have been playing internationally. And since all the junior championships are held in uh, North America these days, they are played on a smaller ring size. So I don't think the adaptation period will be as long moving forward as it has. Historically been, and players like Niels Glander and uh, Marco Casper uh, <laughs> translate their game very well into North American play, and they've had experiences with it with international play, of course.
0: It it definitely makes sense, and it should be interesting to watch it kind of progress and um, continue to yeah. grow, and see how players adapt to both styles.
1: I think in general uh, we we will see more players from Sweden going right into the NHL instead of having mm-hmm. to uh, mature uh, in the AHL uh, going forward. Uh, the adjustment to the North American lifestyle, of course, is a real one, and for that reason, the AHL still will serve a purpose for Swedish players. But yeah. uh, learning the North American ice, I think, is uh, stereotype that is going to fall to the wayside as time moves forward Uh, because players like Elias Pettersson and players of his uh, caliber are of course very good at starting Mm in the NHL as well so I don't know
0: yeah I I agree for sure Um, I know Lucas Raymond kind of He came over and he said he was going to take a spot and people were like, that's funny. You're you're hilarious. And He he actually did. He played and he um, was fourth in the rookie voting. And he jumped right in and didn't look out of place. Got a hat trick before Larkin ever did in our um, leagues. It definitely helps too that you have to play a more complete game in Sweden versus in juniors in North America. It like a lot of them are high offensive leagues. I think the US and TDP um, is a little bit more defensively sound, but it's still not, you know, like a Swedish no. professional men's team. So it's it's never going to be that same sure. level.
1: Our, our junior leagues are also more offensively minded than <laughs>
0: Makes sense.
1: Uh, the, the representation teams, as uh, we like to call them, given you know the structure. If and if anyone is not aware. The Swedish system is basically that we have junior and senior players are usually under the same umbrella.
0: I find that really cool, but it's like, there's the,
1: yeah.
0: the smaller teams, like for the little kids and then they can progress in the same essentially city and kind of develop yeah. through the ranks there. I think that's really cool
1: yeah and you know the, the calling for talent, so to speak when uh, you you try to optimize and actually pick the talents it doesn't ha- really happen here until like age sixteen or something when you are applying for high school
0: well, I did want to hear you touched on casper a little bit. I wanted to see if you yeah, wanted to share an analysis of like all the players you've tried to watched um definitely understand oh, you're not. An expert but that's totally fine it's still always nice to get some perspective on the players that we we have in our system
1: we can start with casper uh okay, cool. because it's a player i've known for about for well going on three years now uh before I even moved to sweden because i have a personal connection there and a, a friend of mine approached me uh one day uh three years ago it maybe it was in like I think it was February of uh, 2020 or yeah. 2019. My my friend approached me and asked, like, set, setting aside your supportership for Rögle, he said, "Do you objectively find Rögle to be a good place for young players to progress and uh, learn and cultivate their talents?" Well, I gave the same answers then that I would give today. That uh, historically we've been very good at the junior side of things, uh, even more so than the senior things, uh, which is a a development that uh, has just happened recently. And uh, we have consistently been ranked very high in championships on the junior side and stuff like that. In Rögle, you you have a very good opportunity to earn your spot in uh, higher age groups and even in the senior representation team. Uh, And if you earn your spot, you get to keep it which is very good for development. And he said, all right, because my fiancé has a cousin back home in Austria that is going to apply to a few different places. And uh, I wanted to see if someone can actually vouch for the development program in Rögle. And of course, that player was Marco Casper. So that was pretty cool.
0: That must have been a good recommendation, it sounds like.
1: For all my pretending that I had a very big impact on that decision, I probably <laughs> didn't. No, but that's Coach not the f- fun version that i like to tell of course he showed up here uh started speaking swedish better than his cousin that had been living here for a few years which was interesting <laughs> for sure <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: absolutely has a t- t- uh, drive for learning things and uh yeah and of course after our conversation with, with i looked him up and uh, the scouting reports and stuff like that, he seemed to be an, an interesting player, and uh, I was happy to uh learn that he had applied and been accepted here, uh, because like an extremely skilled playmaker and uh, had a very good eye for teammates and uh, open, open eyes and uh, how to make a path basically, and uh. Of course, uh, anyone who has uh, uh, seen recent scouting reports would be very confused when I talk about a player who uh, has been known for his hockey sense and uh, playmaking skills and for being afraid to use his body. When he arrived here, they saw an opportunity to make him learn how to be a power forward, and I think that has paid off handsomely. Of course, that has also had an impact on the production level because he has had to uh, adapt to a play style and he has not allowed to be as free of a player as he should have been. As with any junior player, you have to separate what part of it is the player and what part is a system. And I think people are definitely sleeping on his offensive talent because th- that was not the focus of uh, these past two years.
0: And draft night. Steve Eiserman, our our general manager, kind of alluded to that, too, um, saying that he thinks that there's more offense there in his game than people are giving him credit for. So that's
1: that's
0: definitely great to hear, for sure.
1: He's been trying more to play a power (laughs) forward game than to play a forward game.
0: And he's doing really well at it.
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, He's been a great joy to watch, and uh, he's been absolutely fierce out there. He doesn't take any (laughs) shit.
0: No. Not at all.
1: Without giving back at least twice as much. (laughs) And so so someone coming up to the senior team as a 16-year-old, which he was at at the time uh, of last season, and then uh, having people shove him out of the crease and then him shoving back and stuff like that, I think caught them by surprise as well. And of course he instantly became a fan favorite uh, in that regard and Due to that and his play style, and his uh, always giving everything, which but has a lot like historically been something that has always resonated very well with uh, this fan base, more so than skill or fancy goal mm-hmm. scoring or anything. Uh, having heart is very yeah. appreciated here.
0: Same with Detroit.
1: Absolutely. Iserman, which you mentioned, uh, of course, has always been a legend.
0: He seems like drafting players that really don't back down um similar oh, yeah. to marco casper lucas raymond the same way our coach when he was hired on the first first player he mentioned wasn't even more Cider, it was lucas raymond and his no fear and not backing down from anyone and wasn't afraid to, to get in there and ruffle yeah. some feathers per se um so it seems to be a trend is cider does the same exact thing as does casper and even guys yeah. like Theodore Niederbach can do that too.
1: Absolutely. People who are uh, skilled and confident in their own skill and mm-hmm. uh, not ashamed of it. Uh, mm-hmm. Like Elmer Söderblom and Simon yeah. Edvinsson.
0: And Albert Johansson. I'm not as
1: familiar with the uh, Frölunda oh. team. Uh, I'm not very keen on Ferriestad in general. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's been my most disliked team and uh Getting ousted by them in the playoffs did not necessarily help
0: things. Gotcha. Well, Albert is one of our, uh, I think, one of our higher prospects, too. Um, a lot of people talk about Simone Edmondson, but Albert Johansson's a really good player, but he also does back down. Um, I don't think Wallander backs down. I don't think anybody in our system really does. I think Soda Blue is the easiest one to knock down, but gets right back up and gets right back to it.
1: Second biggest player in the SHL uh, the last few years.
0: Yep. The, the yeah,
1: biggest being uh, Adam Edström in Rögle, a New York Rangers prospect, who is both taller and was bigger. I don't know currently, of course, if they are still growing.
0: Yeah, we yep. I think um, Edmondson is. He was six, I think four when they were drafted. And then he's now like six, six, I want to say. Uh, but Edmondson said he's not as big as Soderbloom, and Soderbloom is a mountain.
1: <laughs> and yeah. very skilled. He has an extremely long reach with uh, his stick. And getting to play with uh, Ryan Lash this last year was a lot in his favor. Uh, Ryan Lash being one of the absolute uh, best players in the SHL over the last ten years. Do you want to talk about uh, William Wallinder as well?
0: Yeah, that would be William great.
1: Wallinder, as I'm sure most of
0: you call him. <laughs> yep, that would be awesome because he's he just joined um, our development camp, and poor kid got in like two three days late um, because uh, his flights were canceled. <laughs> his bags were lost, so he was playing in borrowed here oh, yeah. and I don't think it fit him quite right because um, half the time he was bent uh, over like, like we thought maybe he was sick or maybe he just had like you know jet lag or something but no, all the equipment <laughs>
1: yeah oh, skating on new and unfamiliar skates is not a fun thing especially if, well they're borrowed yeah, yeah.
0: He did really well, I have a though, friend who's a theory. pilot
1: oh I'm glad to hear he he was a great surprise to many of us. Uh, first of all, us expected him to to grab a jersey, but uh, he did so in a very surprising fashion, and uh, just kept growing all throughout the season, and uh, never apologized for you know taking a spot. And uh, uh, our uh, he he was slated to to play with our number one defenseman. Uh, But he got injured early, so he got stuck with uh, Ryan McKiernan, which did not help William Valinders play a lot because he was a liability. Despite all that, uh, I think he had a fantastic growth and uh, did it very well on the ice, uh, despite that hardship. Ryan McKiernan was basically in... I think he was on the ice for 80 to 86% of all the goals we got against us in the playoffs. And william willander was stuck with him as a d pairing so i i think william's numbers look a lot worse than they probably should have and they didn't even look that bad
0: i think his numbers that i saw from the shl like people doing screenshots i think he did pretty well too so it's good that lines up with what you were seeing as well
1: the fact that he was not invited to the under 20 uh, tournament was a very weird decision, but in the summer uh, yep. reboot, here in the spot, and uh, that's great yeah, at
0: least. Definitely. I know George Malik asked him about it in a recent interview um, for the development camp, and he's excited. So that's good because I think Queen yeah. could use him on the back end for sure.
1: Oh, absolutely. He's a very skilled offensive defenseman, and he's not really lacking defensively for his age. The entire Swedish hockey media was quite stunned at the snub.
0: We were too, but I guess yeah. he really stepped up in the game after that.
1: It was a good character for him, absolutely. and uh, It turned out well because he didn't miss a lot of weeks of hockey by being stuck in uh, quarantine or uh, being shipped uh, over the entire world and then only getting to play two games and coming home again and quarantining both directions and i think the stability of his uh club team also helped him
0: well how about Fighter? because i know you got to see a bit of him oh, yeah. last year
1: all the reports we were gonna have was like uh this is going to be the year that we remember as the year Moritz Sider was going to play here. And that was even before he arrived. And like, I I wanted to chill down the expectations a bit on that. But it turns out those were very true words because he came in and he immediately set his mark. And he was very good for us all year. And I I saw some some people on uh, Twitter saying that uh, they expected him to go back to Grand Rapids. when he came back yeah. to north america and that was
0: yeah.
1: that was um a take for sure
0: i think it was more so their hope to watch him one more time than actual yeah um, thoughts that he might go there who knows
1: yeah but like five five games in i was pretty sure he was going to win calder immediately people yeah. were saying he would maybe earn a top 6 d spot and i was not setting expectations <laughs> correctly of course he had a lot of growth here uh he, he had a a lot of uh, uh close talks with uh, niklas kronvall and uh, he, he got to work with uh, the the defense coach a lot and uh, he he had a great uh, development here and uh, he never made the same mistake twice ever
0: that's what it seems like like his biggest strength isn't anything on the ice but just the rate that he learns is almost like a supercomputer. Oh, yeah. like it's ridiculous oh yeah
1: absolutely his Everything mind is absolutely his strength and he uses all the tools he has at his disposal and plays a game different to many defense men i've ever seen because he just is prepared to carry the puck in a way that no other defenseman does or uh pinch in a way that no one does or of course, uh the famous reverse it. Which uh other people never learned from no nope. as as quickly as Cider learned, no one else did about him. No. They all thought they were gonna be the guy who caught caught him off guard mm. and no one ever did.
0: Yeah, yeah. so Soderboom tried that twice when <laughs> was it the SHL and both times? Soderboom was on mind wondering what happened, yeah. I think. 'Cause uh Uh, Didn't learn his lesson.
1: Nope. Uh, Joel Lundqvist, uh, twin brother of (laughs) Henrik Lundqvist, uh, uh, kept chasing him all year, uh, (laughs) both in the regular season and in the playoffs. And well, I I think he got a hit on him once, and that was because uh, Sider prioritized uh, playing the puck and Mm -hmm. didn't have time to do more than brace himself, but. Other than that, uh, Joe L- Lundqvist got to eat ice way more than he usually does. Which
0: is because great. He's uh,
1: one of the most feared physical players in the SHL uh, in the- that regard because he never, uh, you know, pulls his punches uh, when it comes to hitting, huh? and uh, has been suspended quite a few times for charging and stuff like that because uh, uh, he doesn't back down. <laughs> It was very, very satisfying to see uh, all those uh, gifts on Twitter coming yeah. from those interactions. Let me tell yeah. you,
0: uh, Aisaki gifts on on Twitter. He's there. Uh, oh, yeah. he's one of our favorites. But yeah, those those clips of Cider, especially with One Quest. Oh, so funny. <laughs> so oh, absolutely. Great.
1: Cider had a decent. Uh, journey because his game got a lot tighter over the season even when he came he was a very good player but as the season progressed his game got tighter he continued making more and more correct decisions both when he learned the league and when he advanced and got to play in this very specific system that he adjusted to that very well both of the regular system and the SHL league as a general uh, as a defensive type of league. And he earned uh, every accolade that he got and then some.
0: Definitely fun to see him progress and kind of get through those. He doesn't even really have too many hiccups, but like plays that don't go as well as they could have and then see him progress from the shl to now and even from the del so it's it's neat to see for sure
1: i think his shot is still one of the weaker parts of his game and it, it's not even that yep. particularly weak <laughs> and, and like when uh, your weakest part of it, your game is still better than most people's best part of their game it's a very special player more and uh i am very happy and thankful that, that we got to see him for a year and uh it was absolutely the right decision for his developments to come here too
0: what what Rogula did with him is is impressive and to see um especially the offensive side of his game come back out because i know with the del he was told to focus on defense and he kind of carried that through yeah. to EHL. And he wasn't really given that freedom to to learn about his game and to reintroduce the offense sure. back into his game, which Rogla gave him permission to do and make mistakes and make absolutely. those.
1: Absolutely. While Rogla does deserve some of the, the credit, I think most of that is Cider, uh, but yeah. of course we, yeah. uh, as you say, uh, allowed him to to play his game.
0: Mm-hmm. Same with Wallander and too. I mean,
1: I'm absolutely hoping for a, a similar development path, uh, maybe not the rate or the level of Cider, but absolutely mm-hmm. a similar uh, path. And I know that uh, m- many players of uh, Mudo, which was the team he played in uh, Hockey mm-hmm. uh was very surprised uh, at the move and uh, thought that yeah. uh, what, why would he do that uh, when he's not going to get any ice time in one of the league's best team? Well, he earned <laughs> uh, yep. this ice time by being too good to put on the bench.
0: And honestly, so- I think Wallander's growth is even as impressive, if not a little bit more impressive than Cider's, just because, I don't know, we knew Cider was going to maybe not to this degree, get this good this quickly, but Wallander, yeah. honestly, after the first year of his draft, I was I was questioning if, he, number one, he was the right pick, and number two, if, if he was even going to go anywhere and do anything because he really hadn't progressed in moto that much. And then to see his transformation when he started initially with Rogola to to where he's at now is completely night and day. It's impressive with how... Well, he's done with Rogola as well as Cronwall and just yeah. himself putting in the work. So it's really impressive to see not only one, but two players do so well.
1: Absolutely. And uh, he's absolutely that type of player that both uh, Steve Eiserman and uh, Chris Abbott, the the GM for Rogola, are both looking for because uh, he's mm-hmm. absolutely has that drive for personal developments that uh, we are always looking for. And uh, people who are willing to, you know, push themselves forward with, with their elbows and uh, get ahead of the curve mm-hmm. and, like, not not earn a spot, but, like, take a spot and then keep a spot on the team. And, uh, yeah, I'm absolutely not uh, unhappy with uh, Belinda's... Um, Development and I'm hoping for a very good second year here. Me too. Because I don't think he no, he's not signed with the Red Wings either. So nope. he's going to play yeah. here next year.
0: Oh yeah, yep. He's that de- deadline is
1: that. Uh, June fifteenth.
0: Yeah, yep. And then you have a a newcomer join in the Robilla team, um, and Theodore Niederbach. Theodor
1: Niederbach. Yeah. yeah,
0: and he, he actually mentioned in his interview that one of the reasons that he went there is because of how well you guys developed um, Cider as well as Wallander. So he's hoping oh, yeah. to earn his ice time, but if he actually earns it, like when he played in ProLinda, whenever he was on the ice, he was doing the right things, playing well. He just, in ProLinda system, yeah. he can only go so high in their lineup. It doesn't matter. Like Lucas Raymond couldn't crack the top six.
1: Sure, Uh, but uh, in Frölunda's defense, while all uh, that you're saying is true, Mm -hmm. they also don't have that same type of uh, hierarchy as uh, other teams do. They have the Ryan Lash line, which is Mm -hmm. the first line, and then everything is more like a second line for them. They're building their team more like uh, having... Four-second lines rather than having a hierarchical structure of uh, their team which also means that it's going to be a more even divide in ice time and they are Mm -hmm. going to lean on their veterans and uh, they have an older team compared to uh, for instance uh, last season uh, their average age was uh, 27.4 and uh, ours was uh, well ours is the youngest in the league but and theirs is the oldest
0: the and age dif- differences make sense with Pralanda being the oldest and Rogala being the youngest.
1: that yeah. we've now earned our reputation as a development
0: uh, association.
1: Okay. Like people want to come here for development, uh, and know that they can take big steps here. And uh, because under the Abbott brothers, they know that if you're this player, you're gonna play.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They they've. Uh, one of the years, uh, they, they took captain from the previous year and made him eighth defenseman. So even though he was the captain previous season, didn't think he was good enough. Uh, if you are good enough, you are going to get to play. And mm-hmm. I think many younger players especially are very attracted to, to that idea. It's absolutely a privileged position as, as a supporter for this type of team to having gone from Hockey Svenskan and, uh, and the SHL uh, always being uh, a team that went up and down in relation you know, having established ourselves as a uh, top team, reigning European champions.
0: Robla is definitely stepping up its game for sure. And it's happening very quickly just... too. Yeah, it it really has. And um should be exciting to watch. And I don't know if, if you were able to watch the three-on-three tournament. I I caught some um of the games and there was a game where Theodore Niederbach and Marco Casper played against each other um and just for (laughs) for reference and it's kind of funny um Niederbach was actually able to to kind of bully Casper off of the puck more than a few times and steal the puck from him I I wonder if part of it was that it's like a respect thing because Casper and him work out together I think in Engelholm um getting ready for for the next season but i just found it funny <laughs> that uh, niederbach yeah. was able to take the puck from him more than a couple times
1: now oh, that that's very cool here yeah. because uh <laughs> even uh, how thrilling the place their players i've not uh, gotten to see as much of Theodore niederbach as i expected to see this season
0: yeah, he, he um, so I, th- th-
1: I, I'm not, re- I wasn't really sure where his, where his development was, so to speak,
0: but yeah, near Nieder, Niederbach is a, he wants to be a complete center, um, two way game. He's a great passer, really, really good passer. Um, not the, the most confident in the shot that he can shoot, but he's got really good hockey sense. He has a, a knee thing that he's recovered from fully, but I still don't think his skating is as good as it would have been before the injury. But he's still a really good skater, good on his edges. Um, not elite in those categories, but he could definitely get by. Um, but he's he's kind of a bully. <laughs> and like in the SHL playoffs along the boards, he kind of bullied some players. Um, but he just Dears. wants the puck. <laughs> he doesn't like all he wants is the puck. As long as he gets the puck, he'll leave you alone, but if you have his puck, he's going he's gonna to take it. <laughs> but for a little guy... Come on, team. <laughs> yeah, he, I think you'll like Come him. On. He's he's a good one for sure.
1: Well, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Because I'm actually quite excited of the coming year and uh, uh, to see all these players have a chance to develop okay. and... Uh, I, I guess uh, the last word isn't said about uh, Marco Casper either until he's actually have written because uh, I I know that the uh, 67s or whatever they're called has been uh, doing a social media push for him to come there and uh, I'm not sure how much uh, substance there is in those type of things um, but Marco Casper is so. They have the last word and uh, get to place him wherever they want. And I would very much like for him to come back. But yeah. I mean, uh, I, I don't see w- 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 what he would do in the OHL. No. Of course, he would get a lot of free time and uh, he would have a guaranteed cent- center spot. He no. would be regressing and playing against kids. Yep. Uh, yep. Possibly the second best league in the world, and I, yeah. I, I, I don't see w- w- what what good it w- would do for them. The HL I could understand, but the right. OHL. Uh, no.
0: I I think that was just a hopeful tweet by that person. I I don't think it had.
1: Yeah, I think hopes. so too uh, because they. they uh, I saw that the 67s were pushing it uh, a lot uh, before the NHL draft as well and uh, at least for as long as uh, the Senators uh, held the 7th draft pick as well
0: Right, that uh, definitely could have played into it but I know like at the development camp and right after the draft um Kasper said multiple times that he wants to go back to Rogola and he was thankful for them um, and he wants to be able to to go back and try to earn the center spot and play more center. And so the only thing exactly. I can really think of is if if there's too many centers there, especially with Niederbach joining. If
1: oh, we have a lot. Oh, yes.
0: Gotcha. So that maybe that plays a role, but I I still can't imagine him not going back. Honestly,
1: I'm hopeful. Absolutely, and like I said, we have a lot of uh, centermen. Uh... But if he earns the center spot, i happy. I
0: think it'd be a good challenge, at least, to to try to fight her a spot there at center. And I don't know if maybe like Nita Rock and him could share. We were thinking maybe like third line center duties. I don't know, but
1: maybe. Anyway. I have so many things to look forward to, too, with all these forwards.
0: You mentioned your love of the, the early 90s Red Wings.
1: A foray into my interest in, in hockey came from um, hockey cards. Uh, like my first contact with uh, hockey in general uh, was, uh, you know, Parkhurst, I think they were called. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the hockey cards were very big and I, I really liked the Red Wings because my favorite color when I was a kid was red. And uh, I mm-hmm. really liked the jerseys and the Swedish representation. And of course, they had, in my opinion, one of the coolest names in hockey, uh, Vyacheslav Koslov. Right which I thoroughly enjoyed because I enjoyed saying the name, just like Jaromir Jager and um, Maxim Afinogienov and Dominik Hasek and uh, players like that. Because, I mean, how how can you be sad when you say a name like uh, Vyacheslav Koslov? I don't know. And uh, Pavel Bure was my uh, favorite player. And Timus Sellehne was... um, a close second. Yep. Uh, but my favorite team was uh, Detroit Red Wings starting out. Uh, and uh, I always played them in NHL 95.
0: <laughs> but but <laughs> then they
1: won uh, two consecutive uh, championships. And uh, I like an underdog. So I um, went exploring for different options and settled for the Carolina Hurricanes for a while because I like their jerseys and I like their colors once I forgave them for their move from Hartford, of course. And yeah. then they won, and um, then I never really had a specific favorite team after that. And uh, yeah. like I think after the 2012 championship, I fell uh, out of love with the time slots that the NHL teams played at. 4 a.m. is a bit yeah. too late and too early for me to start watching hockey game.
0: Understandable.
1: With Niklas Lidström, uh, Henrik Setterberry, Johan Franzen, uh, Niklas kronwall all these type of players uh, made it very uh, difficult not to keep track of uh, Detroit Red Wings, um, both in the 90s and uh, the aughts, or the double zeros, mm-hmm. which you might call them in the US, because I think aughts is more of a British thing. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, Niklas Lidstrom was of course impossible not to love and uh, yeah. b- both for uh, his off-ice and his on-ice personas which were all tremendous uh, role models of course and uh, mm-hmm. y- you were lucky to have him I think
0: the, all the Swedish mafia and um, the yeah. influence I think definitely we were and are currently being spoiled with
1: Yeah. It's, and I, of course, uh, Thomas Holmström still carries a legacy, I think, both in the, the NHL and of course in Swedish hockey in general, because we talk about just standing in front of the net as a Holmström thing to do. And like uh, every team wants that type of player and it's absolutely something he should be proud of, especially since he barely took a jersey in the Swedish team and everyone scratched their heads at when he went overseas to play for Detroit, like... How could this guy possibly earn a spot in that league? But boy, did he.
0: Right? Oh, he's great. And like uh, so the, fun.
1: the, the, the sy- synergies between uh, Lidström and Holmström, of course, are uh, <laughs> like some of my favorite plays are when uh, Lidström shoots a shot intentionally wide and uh, Holmström mm-hmm. deflects it because both of them know where they're going to be. And that's just mm-hmm. so beautiful.
0: Most definitely beautiful and fun, and so entertaining, and don't even really need to communicate because you just know where the other is yeah. going to be.
1: And uh, great people, uh, does a lot for the communities, uh, I've heard, both uh, over there and
0: uh, over here. I've heard that too. So it's awesome they give back when they can for sure. I know uh, yeah. Holmstrom came to one of the Red Wings, I think it was like a prospect or development camp type of thing. And he was trying to teach him how to be in front of the net. He he stopped and was like, everybody's just too soft. (laughs) You don't want to do it. (laughs) You're not doing it right. I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds about right. Especially nowadays. Hockey players are a lot different, I think, nowadays.
1: Well, you got Casper.
0: That's true, and cider and um, I guess cider's probably not going to be at the net, though. <laughs>
1: well, I mean, uh, in, the, in the D zone.
0: That's true, that's true. Uh, but yeah, Casper definitely, and Mierderbach yeah. has, has got some edge, and Ergen even has some edge, so. We have Tyler too. So. He, he's kind of, he's weird. He goes after the little guys, and like the weaker guys, but. <laughs> And when, like, Tom Wilson comes around, he's nowhere to be found. It's like, well, okay, thanks, Bert.
1: I mean, in fairness, I wouldn't be nowhere to uh, be found if Tom Wilson stepped out on the ice either, because, like, I want to keep my head.
0: Well, yeah, but then if he's going after your captain or Lucas Raymond, I mean, it'd be kind of nice if you he had one of their back. <laughs> but...
1: Yeah.
0: You know, so, Matthew Joseph, though, who's already... Halfway on the ground, you'll oh. grab him and pull him down to the ground when he's not ready for a fight. But, uh, yep. It's for you. But he's fun too.
1: Yeah. And I will get uh, the opposing team mad at him to start chasing him if he goes after yep. those type of. And uh, if you get the opposing team to focus on a player like that, then you won a lot. And then yeah. it's up to to win the game.
0: Exactly. Um, oh, well. Yep.
1: I mean, at least we all have something to support.
0: Right, yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, well, hopefully it, it turns around and Rogula wins the SHL title. That would be nice.
1: I have no idea how I would react to that, but... <laughs>
0: Out of commission for a couple of days, I would assume.
1: Yeah. I, I think the identity <laughs> crisis would be the worst one.
0: Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Who am I if I support uh, the winningest <laughs> team?
0: <laughs> yep. or you have to shift somewhere else because they won too much.
1: Yeah. Like, n- no one wants to be, to be the guy who jumps on the band- bandwagon, you know? Oh. I mean, you've you're only been rough for, for them. Oh. Mm, because they won, right? Mm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, I don't have anything else, but if you have anything else you want to add or um, if you want to plug your Twitter or anything you're working on or feel free. Uh,
1: if I can have as little uh, attention as possible, that would be great.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. Sounds good. <laughs> well, will uh, leave you less um, accessible then. <laughs> but... Yeah. Thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate all the the info. It's been great.
1: Thank you for having me. And hopefully I made sense somewhere along the line.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) Totally did. So thank you so much for joining me and I hope you have a, a great day or night, I guess.
1: Thank you. And I hope you have a pleasant day too.
0: Thanks. Bye.
1: Bye.